Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. In the biggest leak of offshore data, the Pandora Papers have unveiled how the global elite hide their wealth in a secretive system. 12 million financial files were obtained by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists from companies hired by wealthy clients to create offshore structures and trusts in tax havens. Well, they revealed deals and assets of more than $100 billion, 30 world leaders and 300 public officials. Mm-hmm. And closer to home, as we've just read in the news, a Singapore-based company has surfaced in the Pandora Papers. Yes, according to the Pandora Papers, Asia City Trust has been or has set up and managed trusts and shell companies in secrecy jurisdictions for hundreds of South American, American, Asian and European clients. Now, the Monetary Authority of Singapore told the Straits Times that it's examining the information from these latest reports and will conduct supervisory follow-up as warranted. So joining us now on the line to give us his analysis of what's what the Pandora Papers is all about, Andrew Delius, Vice Dean, MSC Program, Department of Strategy and Policy at NUS Business School. Good evening to you, Mr. Delius. Yes, hi, good evening. What's been the uh, reaction to the Pandora Papers? There's been multiple reactions, but the one I want to, I want to highlight is actually this has been a triumph of investigative journalism. And we've seen the uh, media journalists come under fire from both democratic and authoritarian regimes in the uh, past few years. And the fact that the journalists have uncovered such an incredible amount of data and worked with over this 18-month period and fought through potential lawsuits or other potential actions by those that are incriminated by these files really shows us that the media is alive and well. And this is extremely important for us to be able to guide our both democratic and other kinds of processes that are, that are so important for taking watch over those to whom we ascribe power. What are the wider uh, implications of this revelation, though? There's many, many other points that come forward. And number one is there's no long-term secrecy. This is very, very clear. And we, we see that people are trying to secret away money and in the massive amounts of 100, you know, as you mentioned, about $100 billion, but there's just no secrecy. The second thing that comes out is that the globalization process is incomplete with respect to the governance of financial transactions. In many ways, we still do not have appropriate mechanisms put into place to govern the flows of capital, and really the regulatory structures are woefully uh, weak, and they're behind the times with respect to the way technology can move money, and regulators need to move more quickly. The foreign tax Act, Compliance Act, or FACTA, is simply not enough to govern the uh, international movement of capital. Andrew, let's talk about the impact that this is happening, that this is having. I mean, how does this siphoning off of money into offshore accounts really impact countries in which it's leaving? The most obvious impact would be financially, but I think the Mm -hmm. more critical impact is that it delegitimizes political leaders. These are people who politic and stand on certain ideas, and then they flagrantly violate those ideas as revealed in these in these transactions. And there are several people who have been highlighted, but perhaps the one that is most obvious is, is Kenya's President Kenyatta, who rose on calls to reduce corruption, and he even said he would resign if there was anything untoward 
that came to light in his actions. And apparently it did, but he hasn't yet resigned. So this creates a, a tremendous lack of faith in the political process and in the globalization process. That's a very, very severe impact to my mind because we need leaders who we can trust and who legitimate these calls for globalization and the struggles that people make and experience when we, when we do have globalization and change. Andrew, of course, this is all because of loopholes that allow people to kind of legally really avoid paying some taxes and moving their money or setting up companies and tax haven jurisdictions. But is this unethical, though, in the business world? Ethics is, is, is an issue we all struggle with. And I'd have to say, yes, it is. I mean, it is, is, it is an unethical because we have people who are supposed to be representing the broader interests of a society, people to whom we give power, we give responsibility, and from whom we respect, we expect them to have a larger sense of the common good. When such actions are taken that are blatantly selfish, and delegitimate the processes and, 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 and highlight the inequities that exist for those of wealth and those without wealth, then we, we do have some severe, some severe problems emerging. So I think, yes, it's, it's very, very clearly unethical and embarrassing, quite frankly, for many of these individuals who are caught. We're speaking with Andrew Delios, Vice Dean, MSc Programs, Department of Strategy and Policy at NUS Business School. Andrew, but, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen a disclosure of this kind. Uh, We've had the Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers, um, the offshore leaks in 2012 as well. So why have governments struggled to tackle offshore money, especially since we've seen so many instances of the ICIJ and others uncovering these offshore tax havens? This will be an eternal cat and mouse game. I think that's very, very clear. We try to come up with regulations, but then we have regula- regu- regulatory jurisdictions or juris- certain jurisdictions that engage in what we can call regulatory arbitrage. So there's certain uh, governments or multinational, multilateral bodies that might want to prevent this from happening, but then other sub-jurisdictions such as South Dakota or individual states or what used to be Jersey or Bahamas or Liechtenstein who are motivated to create these, these loopholes. So there's multiple levels of players at work who are all capitalizing on the greed and unethical behavior of many of those individuals with large sums of money who want to do their best to legally, but perhaps immorally, avoid paying their the, the taxes that, that come with that, that wealth. All right, Andrew. So the Pandora paper also showed that Singapore-based Asia City Trust set up and even managed trusts and shell companies in secrecy for hundreds of South American and American and Asian and European clients and uh, even a prominent minister in uh, Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan's government contacted an offshore provider in Singapore about investing a lot of money. How does or do we know what kind of impact uh, this leak might have here in Singapore? Singapore positions itself as a bastion of security, safety, and compliance. And to the extent that this has negative uh, spillovers in that regard, it certainly will not be good for Singapore. So I certainly expect the MAS and any other relevant authorities to pursue this with vigor and reveal or uncover or eventually try to forestall such behavior from any kind of Singapore-associated company in the future. 
All right, Andrew, thank you very much uh, for sharing your insights with us this uh, evening. Andrew Delios is Vice Dean, MSc Programs at Department of Strategy and Policy at NUS Business School. You're listening to Primetime here on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.